This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook, and at trevorjamesflutes.com. This is Talking Flutes, and my guest today is one of our most successful flutists on the international stage with a truly glittering career, Philippa Davis. Hello, Pippa. Hello. Well, we're chatting on Zoom, so apologies if the quality isn't always good. There's so much I'd like to talk to you about, but maybe we ought to start with how did you start? Yes, well, of course, many, many, many hundreds of years ago, <laughs> we, I started... <sighs> started on the recorder as we all do I think and hated it hated it and I used to sort of throw the instrument around uh, a little bit you know just occasionally dropping it and of course it made an even worse noise and then the flute seemed to be a good idea my parents had this amazing recording of Julius Baker playing Bach flute sonatas which resonated all through my life and, um, you know, heard it all the time. So, yeah, why not? And then this, the, the story is that my father, we used to live close to the Royal Academy. And my father just decided to walk to the Academy and uh, went in and said, my eight-year-old, nine-year-old uh, daughter uh, wants to play the flute. Can I have a flute teacher? Extraordinary. <laughs> it was at the time when Gareth Morris and Norman Knight, uh, way, way back, happened to be passing through the corridor and he actually said to Gareth Morris, oh, could you help us, sir? This man wants a flute teacher. At which point Gareth then said, oh, well, my best te- my best uh, pupil at the moment is Atara Bentoven. So I went to her and we had a great one year of lessons um, and then she went up to Liverpool. So that was, that was great. But then who was I going to go to? And I then went to her teacher, Norman Knight, through the sort of tenure, tenure to 18, so eight years of working with him and learning from him. Really fantastic work ethic and really thorough and did all the working on my technique and fingers all over the place, mouth all over the place. He eradicated all that. So he was very good at that stage. And then I went to the National Youth Orchestra and uh, he was the tutor there. But I was also a Royal Academy scholar, which meant that I could have lessons with a senior teacher and a senior professor of theory and all that. So I, it was a very good arrangement. And then, aged 18, went off to have a um, consultation lesson with lovely Douglas Whitaker. But I was still on this. I was kind of going through my starting, having started on a wooden flute, I was sort of going through transitional stage with that and um he had he listened to me playing he said you play wonderfully you know but i don't know if i can take you i said no you can't say this you can't say this why not and he said well i've been through wooden flute silver flute gold flute and my uh, that's what i'm i'm now teaching on these new instruments and i i wouldn't feel right to teach you on your wooden i said yeah but i'll get a silver flute you know i'll do that and actually, I did. I did go to him. I got a scholarship and I got there. He did teach me. And that was fantastic because he really was inspirational. 
And then he left after three years, my third year, he left to go back to Australia. And then very sadly, three years, uh, that, that, yeah, that after three months, I think, in Australia, he, he died from a heart attack. So I then had Sebastian Bell uh, for one year. And then, of course, the great moment when you come out of college and you go, now what? <laughs> and so I thought I won a scholarship, uh, an award, that's right, from the... Uh, Worshipful Company, I think that's right. Or no, the Vaughan Williams Trust, that's right. And they gave me some money and I went and studied with our dear friend, William Bennett, Whip. So he he sort of doesn't remember because I only had four or five lessons, but I remember it. Oh, sorry, I say that in the present. I always think of him, he's still here. But I um, definitely had those five lessons with him and they were very long very intense and very, very educational for me. I mean, they are the, the, the sort of foundations of my teaching and playing uh, right through from way back then. And, um, you know, we had one lesson, two hours on breathing and then on vibrato and then on another lesson on, on tonguing. And they were sort of like reference lessons. So that was fantastic. And then, oh, one surprises, you know, <laughs> did all those sort of things, competitions, the NFMS Award and the Park Lane Group, that was an amazing one. They gave you a debut recital at the uh, Purcell Room. And then Leeds National, Southern Musicians, a lot of things. Wonderful, wonderful uh, competitions to go in for and, you know, did okay. That's nice to know I can <laughs> could still do it. <laughs> you did, you did more than okay, you did fantastic. Let me just ask you. If I wanted to sum up your playing, it is very much what I would call the, the French style. It's, it's very, very expressive. It's full of colours, very communicative. Were you playing like that in that style before you went to WIB? I think so. I think I always thought of, I think I should have been a singer. I mean, maybe we all say that, but actually I do believe that in, you know, in another life I'm a singer. And um, I really believe that the flute was not, piece of metal it was actually one's voice and I think even back in the um, National Youth Orchestra I just I just gloried in there I love these you know these tunes these melodies I mean Vorjak Cello Concerto that was a notable concert for me with Tommy, Tommy Gloy and it was on the television and I mean you know it's a glorious flute part anyway and I just remember thinking this is what I want to do this, I want to play this lovely music and I, I want to be involved in it completely, heart and soul. So I think it's, it's. I wouldn't say I have a particular style except that I want to be expressive and communicative, absolutely. And I don't think it's all about dots. I think it's all about telling a story or uh, imagine, your imagination is, is large, you know, there's a huge part of it and uh, you've got to express that. And I think something about the having... Maybe the wooden flute gave it more of a sort of timbre of sound that I like, a very, very warm. And, and I always think of my, well, what I'm aiming for in my flute playing is sort of claret. Good, solid, nice, warm wine <laughs> with, a, with a hint of Prosecco at times, you know. Yeah. Like Jeffrey Gilbert used to say, less Coca-Cola, more um, Bordeaux. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, You've been a member of two of the most exciting ensembles ever, as far as I'm concerned, Fires of London and the Nash. So did you get into the Fires of London early on? After yeah, I think it was, I, I was, I sort of got my little list here of all the things and I'm, I was quite impressed reading it. 
No, I mean, it's just fun to read back and you forget these things. It was pretty early on. I think I was um, four or five years out of uh, out of college. So I, I was in that real heyday of the fires when Max was writing these extraordinary pieces, mostly not, not so much the theatre pieces. They were also, they'd already been established, but these wonderful chamber works like um, Ave Maria Stella and Image, Reflection and Shadow, these were the core works of, of, of the ensemble. And then, of course, the theatre works were Eight Songs from Mad King and uh, Miss Donathon's Maggot and um, Visali Iconez. That's a, a great thing with a with a wonderful movement from a. It was initially for a, a black dancer, and he was amazing. So all these things um, about the fires, and we went places, and we played some fantastic concerts. I mean, they were stellar concerts. I remember in Sydney. Here's a here's a great story in Sydney. You know, a great opera house, um, and we were doing eight songs from Mad King, and we were in cages as 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 one was and so uh, we were put in our cages it was a broadcast and then I realized I hadn't got my music so I thought well I'll creep off um so I kind of tried to creep off but of course the doors of the of, of the opera house were just solid wood or, or it, so it seemed so I looked like this and Max was conducting and he sort of made a great um, statement and to ask someone to come and help me to, to go off the stage and I could have just pressed pressed it very lightly and it would have opened but anyway someone came and opened the door and I, I then proceeded to try and find my music uh, because it's a labyrinth there and luckily it was just there so I came on amidst great applause I mean that made me extremely nervous I was sort of shaking for the first five minutes but you know memorable occasions with this extraordinary pieces challenging weren't they yes I mean, this was new for us in those days this was really new music different for us there were a lot of new things for us to learn in those sorts of of pieces so it must have been challenging at the time yes it was and um i mean he was the love terrible at that time you know he really was trying to make his mark and, and being being you know whether it was going to be liked or not and I remember going to here before I joined the fires. I went, oh, I think I must have been 16, to the wonderful old Queen Elizabeth Hall, which I think then was the most amazing um, acoustic. And, and now it's a different venue completely, but it's still very good. But then it was wonderful. And I heard Revelation and Fall and this extraordinary noise of these amazing percussion instruments. And I thought, yes, I want to do that. So I was lucky that I, I kind of joined the joined this group. Yeah, and he actually made, as he always wrote for his players, mm -hmm. was very inspired by individual players. So, I mean, uh, Jenny Wall Clark was the inspiration as a cellist for Ave Maristella part, uh, and, of course, Alan Hacker in the old days. And um, so when I joined, I think there had been a couple of, I think Sebastian Bell had been in it, Aspel had been in it for about a year, but he left. And so it was a little bit sort of, um, it hadn't been a, a working group as much as it, ha it had been a working group. And now it was a new group. So when I joined, I hoped that he would start writing. And he did. He started writing for this, this sort of, I hope, my character. And so we had these, this wonderful, first of all, it was uh, The Juggler, Le Jongleur, um, which he wrote individual uh, solos for us, or flute, clarinet, marimba, violin, 
but we were characters in this in this part. And he wrote a very jolly piece for the flute. And I thought, it's not about all about jolly. I said, is this what you think about me <laughs> or about the flute? And he said, well, actually, I, I want to add a bit more. Now I know you're in the group, you know. So he had an, a, a nice, really reflective cadenza. And I felt, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there for him. I'm there. He loved the alto flute and he wrote that um, Nocturne, which he, he kind of dedicated to me, which is just an alto flute solo. So I think he was mixed about the instrument, but he loved the, the sounds and... Yeah, it was great. But it was challenging, yes. Yeah. So then the next, the last piece for the chamber ensemble was Image, Reflection and Shadow, which was for us six, but the, the percussion, usually a marimba, Greg Knowles, he had to play, he said he could play the cymbalum, and he did. And so Max wrote this fiendish piece for cymbalum and, the, and us. And he wrote it kind of installments, movement by movement, because... It was so difficult to get together. And with no conductor, and every bar a different time signature, and the slow music was wonderful, but the fast music was very, very difficult. And we finally got there and did a fantastic performance in Lucerne, I remember, with Max talking about it. And finally we put the three pieces, three movements together. But that was a challenge, yeah. How exciting, really exciting times. And then going to something completely different, the Nash Ensemble. Yeah. And in fact, I was still in the fires when I had an, an audition, really just a playthrough with the Nash. I knew everyone in, in the group, but yeah. I, you know, it had to be official. And I think, and it went well, and we did some Mozart, and we did some Ravel, and, you know, the same the stuff that we're still doing. And it went well. And um, But I think the perception was... She's in the fire, she won't have time or need to do the Nash. And I made it very clear that maybe a time there was a time to do the two together or or have a change. And so that was a nice um, move over. And I think I'd, I'd done enough with the fires. It was a good moment to start developing other things. And that, and that of course, means I've done so many wonderful pieces. I mean, obviously, the, the favourites, the French the stuff, the, the Debussy Trio and the Reveille Septet, and the Mozart flute quartets, which I luckily was able to record, so that's nice. I've done a lot of recordings. And then all the new music that every year um, we get these incredible commissions. So it's still um, the interest in, in doing the contemporary pieces, but, but with a real feeling that it's your group doing it and it's written for the group. You've got so many recordings, which are wonderful. I've been listening to Christ a lot recently, actually. Oh. Yeah, if you... If you had to pick a favourite, which, which would it be? Has to be the Bach flute sonatas. Yeah, I agree. They're absolutely wonderful. I was listening to them this morning, actually. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. If I if I had to pick one person to listen to, I would pick you. Now, having listened to them all, I think absolutely spectacular. So, I think any of our any of our listeners, I would point them in that direction. And you know, start off probably on Spotify and just put your name in, and and a lot come up. You yeah. recorded so many, so many yeah. lovely pieces. Yeah. And then go from there, I would say. There's also a few YouTube. Yes, which I will add to as the, as the years, uh, days go by, I think. And also the Alwyn, uh, some people call it William Alwyn, but he's actually pronounced Alwyn, the flute concerto of his uh, original one with the wind, uh, not the one with the orchestra, that I think has been recorded by Emily, but the one 
that he wrote for actually for Wib, for yeah. BCM. Yep. And that's that's a great record with all the, all his flute music, which he wrote so well for the flute. He was a flute player. Um, so that's another nice recording. And then I've got all the, yeah, I mean, there's so many things like sort of Poulenc Flute Sonata, but it's on a Poulenc disc of the Nash. And obviously, Sir, Sir, the Debussy record with Sirenx. Sir Mozart concertos. Oh, yeah, Mozart concertos. Yeah, it's got them. Don't forget, don't forget those. <laughs> don't forget those. Yeah, Flute Concerto with the Mozart players. Uh, Jane Glover, and then of course the flute and harp with with CLS. You've got such a wonderful mix of chamber, orchestral, solo solo performances, and your teaching. And was that always your aim? Did was that what you thought your career would be? Gosh, that's a put me into my 18, 22 year old self, and I wanted to do everything, mm. and I didn't like the fact of being put into any kind of box. Yep. I mean, love, loved him dearly, Peter Lloyd, lovely, lovely guy. And I remember him saying, oh, to me, oh, I'm going to send you a student to do, oh, one of those modern pieces, because, you know, that's what you do. And I thought, actually, it's one of the things I do. But I, I suppose the perception was that. So I never wanted to be labelled. I never wanted to have a, um, a, I had specialisms because everything I did, you know, became a specialist thing. But then there was also the other things. And I, I love Baroque music. I even, you know, had a go with with the, the old flute, the traverso. It didn't like me particularly, but I loved I loved the instrument slightly more um, evolved than that. So with a few more keys and a slightly bigger mouth hole, they were great. So I, I love working on those, you know, and then I, I, I think that everything I want to do didn't want to be stuck. That's right. I didn't want to be stuck. So I suppose I avoided being in a in a big orchestra. Yeah. Though of course I've I've done my fair share of still yeah. am doing guest principal and it's great. I love it, love it, but not necessarily every day. So the Mozart players was great at that time as well for me because we did all the lovely Mozart piano concertos and of course flute concertos when you when. When we, when we could, and all these wonderful pieces. So that seemed to me my my a good good fodder for me. But the mix was what I wanted, and I think I got. I think I still am having. <laughs> you, you certainly do. It's wonderful. Now, what about teaching? So you're a professor at the Guildhall. Do you teach in other places? Mostly, that's my my mainstay. I obviously do private. I have courses. I do a course in the summer in. Uh, lovely place in France, in Coubertou, uh, which is just, it's, 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 it's a joy to be there. Um, and also the very enthusiastic mixture of, of students, you know, some who are, yeah, not uh, maybe am more amateur. And uh, it's great because we have a great time and we do a lot of flute ensemble. So that's, uh, I used to teach at, do courses at Benslow. No, I don't really have time to do more than my my guilt or teaching, but I I love doing masterclasses. I love doing at every, at any level. I think it's not just the high masterclasses. I I do like interacting and especially with the younger players. We have an open day at Guildhall. I'm sure you, you remember yours at, at the academy, and you get some really enthusiastic, but you know not quite developed players. And it's fantastic to work with them. It really is so. But the Guildhall is my mainstay, yeah. And, and is your French course happening this summer? It is. It is indeed. In, okay, so in presumably July. 
a couple of years break, have you, with the pandemic? We had one year off and then there was a little window open last year and it was getting easier and then it got difficult again. But in that easier time, they even allowed, they stopped the uh, need for any kind of quarantining in France. So we all kind of left in. <laughs> and actually, um, I had more people from France and Spain and the Netherlands uh, than from England. I think the English um situation was a bit difficult so we uh, but I could do it we could do it so uh, we did it great and it was lovely and everyone was so happy to play we just play 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 well they they did a lot of playing and they just they couldn't get enough of it oh and I of course I do hi am I do the course which is win quintets I'm sorry this is me forgetting everything that I do uh, I do a course in hi am which is win very good win quintets Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's fantastic too, and, and you know they're they're very again much enthusiasm, and so we did one also in twenty one, and that was uh, again everyone wanting to play play play, yep. amazing. I'm going to have to walk around now a little bit because one of my dogs just needs to go out. So <laughs> I have three golden retrievers, and they often oh, appear, oh. or you can hear them on the podcast. Not for the right reasons, because they but they bark at the doorbell goes or they see someone yeah. else. But yeah. anyway, they're out in the sunshine now. Now, very important thing that we need to talk about. You've got a, a new project at the moment, one that's very, very special to you. Mm. And you're recording the works of Paul Reed, your husband who tragically died 25 years ago. And he wrote some wonderful flute pieces and you want to record them and you're doing them crowdfunding for that aren't you thank you for mentioning those things uh because it's it is very close to me i mean not only because i think paul's music is wonderful um but also because uh, when i met him in 1988 playing his flute concerto we then got together and of course i then got to know all his other pieces he then wrote ballets and um, but there are so many pieces that people don't know. I mean, the flute concerto is one, obviously. I mean, it, it is known, but it's not recorded, so that's that's going to be a great thing to do. And the um, I'm, I've I, actually this is something that all clarinets will think she's stealing our piece. But I'm I'm doing also the Victorian Gitchen Garden for flute, uh, arranged for flutes and strings and harps. So uh, why not? I think Paul wouldn't have minded at all. And then, of course, other pieces of his wonderful Chant de Roussillon, which are like those Chant d'Auvergne. And so they're going to be recorded with a fabulous singer, uh, South African singer. So uh, lots of his pieces to be put in. Um, and I don't think people know that, any more more than they they think than the the obvious pieces that you hear of Paul's, which are Antiques Roadshow, Victorian Kitchen Garden, and maybe the ballet lovers will know Hobson's Choice and Far From the Madding Crowd, which he he wrote for David Bintley and the British Birmingham Royal Ballet, and also those old play schools and flumps and fantastic yeah. stuff that he did then. Play but, school, you know, who'd have yeah. thought? Who'd have thought? Play school. Absolutely wonderful. And what was lovely was that I suddenly got, uh, so for the crowdfunding, we've done very well, but it's still got another week to go. So if anyone wants to go and look at the site, do. It's a celebration of Paul Reed, um, composer, and the comments and the enthusiasm and amazing support from people uh, of, of every walk of life. I mean, some of who knew Paul, um, he would have been 80 next year. 
Mm -hmm. So we're talking we're talking about a lot of years of, of uh, friendship from some people, and of course those that know his music didn't maybe didn't know that it was his music. Gareth Davis, for instance, said, "Ah, the flumps. There's, I was born and bred on the flumps. You know, this is I could hum it now." And he'd written that. So, yeah. so it, it's it's great to bring um, to the fore and spotlight all the other pieces as well. So it's it it really is. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be yes. great. It's going to be a wonderful yeah. celebration. Tell us again where people can go to help with your funding. It's just on the Crowdfunder site and uh, Crowdfund, fund, uh, I think it's called, isn't it? Crowdfunding. And it's called A Celebration of Paul Reed. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, um, that's right. I've just got it, had it written down here. Crowdfunder.co.uk yeah. for such a celebration of Paul Reed. Yeah. Thank you. So, and you're recording this month, June? Yeah, rather soon. It's, uh, it's beginning to get a bit nervous. Practicing hard? <laughs> And that was why I was a little late today to, the, <laughs> to your podcast because I was just having another little go at the at the last movement, which is tricky. And I've just had my flute sort of tweaked because I, I I got nervous that it's gonna you know it's got to be on good playing condition. If I'm if it's good, then I feel good. So, and tell us what flute you're playing. Oh gosh, wow, well, wow. interesting. Um, it's a Lena flute. It's the Australian flute. Uh, so this, the the uh, what's it called the flute makers of flute makers of Australia, and sounds is Sydney, <laughs> and um, but the head joint is a is a La Femme, uh -huh. and I mean I I I, I think uh, it's lovely to go and see La Femme and Julie and everything, and you know Julie was one of my students, so you know it's nice to go and visit them, and and so I've had I've had a few of his head joints, so this is the. Well, it's not that latest. I mean, I'm looking back. It's probably about, I don't know, a few years old. But so, um, but it's 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 got a lovely, rich, warm sound. So that's what I'm, I suppose that's what I'm always looking for. Yeah. And any other, what other plans, future plans have you got? What, what performances have you got coming up that people could go and listen to? Oh, it's, I'm, my head is so full of this recording and... Obviously, the whole project and getting it done, and you know, I can't even think. Oh, yes, no, but I can think because I've got to practice. I've got, um, oh, I've got a performance of uh, just a flute recital. Now, my present uh, husband, who I've known since 2000, um, is a Dutchman called Jan Willem Nelleke, and he, he's wonderful, he's lovely, and he's a pianist and also an arranger and a composer, and he's done marvellous things, um, arrange, helping to uh, put Paul's music into a digital form, which is great. And um, so we're doing a concert in Holland next month, I think, yes. Um, and then I go off and I'm, I'm and my other teaching, coaching hat is that I'm the main wind tutor of the EUYO, which is fantastic because they're a, they're a marvellous bunch of musicians i mean really they're they're, they're pretty well professional yeah. uh, nothing youth about them except their age you know they're fantastic and they want they want they want to take more in and they they're incredibly serious about what they're doing and so that i do in july and we're going to austria and that 
was uh, the first time that was able to be live was very exciting. I've only just started that over the last two, three years. So the minute lockdown happened, I had to, we were doing everything online. It's not possible, really, but we've managed. So it's great to see them live. And then I think I've got another concert somewhere. Yes, another concert up in Cumbria. So, you know, keeping things going, it's kind kind of busy. Yeah, nice. Well, it's it's all it's all very exciting. I can't wait to hear the the CD when it Thank comes you. out. Have you got a title for it? Oh, well, the name Paul Reed will it'll be maybe something to do with uh, Catalan because of the the Chant de Roussillon, maybe, and also the fact that the flute concerto is very French orientated. He said it was a it has a sort of French uh, feel to it, and. One of the other pieces is the last piece he wrote for bassoon is a bassoon concerto, a one movement bassoon concerto for Lawrence Perkins, and that's called he called it Catalonia. So maybe there's something with with uh, with that because of course Paul um, wrote a few of these pieces for the festival in France that he went to. Well, look, we've got um, Talking Flutes has a, a Facebook page, so I'm going to put all the information on about the CD there. Thank you. Try and get a few more people involved. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you, Pippa. Thank you first very Thank much you. for giving up your time. I know you're terribly busy, but many, many thanks. And really looking forward to hearing the recording. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure, Claire. Lovely to see you and talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Be wonderful. Thanks, Pippa. Bye for now. My thanks to Pippa for finding the time in her busy schedule to chat to me. If you have any questions or comments, then do visit our Facebook page, Talking Flutes, or contact us on Twitter or Instagram, at Flute and at Claire Flute. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.